Teacher, what star is that? Yo, peace of the planet Earth. You know what it is, man. Sadis, you know what I mean? West Sayai forever. I'm chilling with my man, Steve Bramucci, you know what I'm saying? And like, we met at Camp Tazo, which was, you know, like, you know, like, I can't lie to you. It was a very exclusive kind of thing happening uh, in Shaolin. And I'm not talking about China. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, I'm talking about... Tazo T, I'm talking about Shaolin priests like Xi'an Ming. I'm talking about the abbot of Wu-Tang. You know what I'm saying? Chilling. We're talking about chess, meditation, tea. You know what I'm saying? Self-improvement, raising the bar. And while I'm out there, I peep this dude. You know what I'm saying? Marinated, humbly, just like illuminating the room in the corner. You know what I'm saying? And his name was Steve Bramucci. You know what I'm saying? And I said to myself, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Right, I'm sitting next to Xi'an Ming, Shaolin Monk. I had to say that again. And I'm like, look at this guy. And um, I was like, you know what? I hope he ends up in my group so I can teach him about chess and life. Mm. And booyaka shot. Mm. The universe was like, Steve, go to Disa. You know what I mean? Mm. And we just been like, click, clack, Voltroned up. And for those that don't know, if you, how many people out there show hands, show hands in the back? Yeah. Uh, people's party, you watch that, you like that, you vibe that. He is the showrunner, okay? He is the head writer, you know what I'm talking about? He is the editorial director of the life section of Up Rocks, because I know you watch, I do, you know what I'm saying? So I wanna do a drum roll for Steve Bramucci, man. Welcome to the Bishop Chronicles, my player partner. Huge, huge. That intro felt nice. I'm telling you, I need it. I have a crick in my neck. I'm actually oh. doing this all CBD thing right now, smoking this all CBD thing. Right. And I'll tell you, I needed that love right now. I appreciate it. I feel you it. Got Thank it. You. you know what I'm saying? Thank this you. is what we do out here on Bishop Chronicles. Yeah. Um. How uh, How are you feeling, man? Outside of the crick, you know what I'm saying? I got this. I don't know what I did wrong, but I got this thing. But other than that, you know, I'm in my garage. Things are luxurious here during the quarantine. Yeah, I see uh, that. I see that. You know say <laughs> you got that quarantine drip in the garage. But yeah, but you things are good. Things are good. You know, I, I, um, trying to just push things you know make moves yeah. where you see moves i think that's i listen to your podcast i'm very loyal when you check your download numbers you're like oh steve's in there every <laughs> steve time <is> right there <laughs> i listen to you close and i Thank think you. that you know that uh you know one of the things i actually had you do an article for us yeah and one yeah. of the things that i kept telling the writer i was like listen this is what i want you to get this is where Deese is the best is make sure you get knowing when to lay in the cut mm. and knowing when to to put the hammer down mm. right knowing when to make Word. the move and that's what he focused on with you people should yeah. read it they should just Word. google your name yeah you know rocks. what i mean up rocks you know what i mean but I'll, I'll tell you like one of the interesting things is i had been bad at that and i read the piece and i got a little better at it mm. you know, i'm an exuberant guy so i'll sometimes say everything that i'm thinking without knowing when to take a breath and and because of that, you can come off a little half cocked, right? You can come off yeah. like you're 
oh, you know, you come off a little bit like that uncle who's always trying to sell something uh, to everyone. Or he's trying to give you hell of advice and you're just trying to chill and have a sandwich. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so quarantine has actually kind of taught me to, to lay in the cut a little bit more, which I've needed. Word, word. Yeah. You know what? I think that quarantine has made me appreciate stillness. You yes. know, like you're running on that treadmill. You're just running on that treadmill. And then the world makes you stop and it feels a little weird. It yep. takes a minute. You know what I mean? Yep. So look, I, I got a lot of amazing questions for you for real, for oh, real. But the it. first thing is, can you tell me and 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 the viewers and the listeners, how did you get to be the showrunner for such an amazing podcast with Talib Kweli? Ah, uh, thank you. So First of all, I'll tell you how I came to Uproxx because it's interesting, yes. right? This is actually, and, and I wouldn't detail this with anyone else. I do a fair number of like podcast appearances. I don't, but I think your audience one might be interested in it. But two, because you and I have a personal, yeah. you're interested in synchronicity and yes. how the world moves and I how am. it connects. So this is a story about that. So, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, I found myself, I was using this method called the Pomodoro method. I'm very into the biohacking, the brain mm -hmm. hacking, the efficiency shit. Likewise. And the Pomodoro method is just a little timer and it times you for 27 minutes of concentrated work. Now I have ADHD, so I have to learn how to focus. Mm. Times you for 27 minutes of concentrated work and then it gives you a three minute break and then 27 on, three minutes off, 27 on, three minutes off and then there's like a 15 minute, 20 minute break. Okay. But during those sessions, during those intervals, I found myself during my three minute break, I was supposed to like do 50 pushups or something. I had right. all these lofty goals and I found myself going to the site up rocks over and over. Mm. So I walk in, I, I here's what happened. So I, I was going to the site so much over the course of like five, six years. I finally write them an email. I know no one at the company. They were expanding. I could see that because I was going to the site like three times every day. Right. I know no one at the company and I write them an email. I said, look, these are my credentials. I just won a couple of awards. I was like, I'm coming off these awards. Um, I think you guys should have travel, food, lifestyle, that mm -hmm. sort of thing, drinks, uh, sex, all that. Mm -hmm. And they wrote me back, cold call. They said, okay, maybe you should do it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and we talked a few times and then they brought me in. So wow. I go in for this meeting and I go into the office of the publisher of Uproxx, Jarrett Meyer. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and there's gold records there from all my favorite rappers, Talib Kweli, mm -hmm. Most Def, now mm -hmm. Yasin Bey, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Big L, mm -hmm. he had an Eminem, he has a, a record, a platinum plaque connected to Eminem's first release. Bars. Yeah. So it was like, it was some shit. And I was like, what's this, what's the connection here? And I realized that Jarrett, Jarrett founded Raucous Records. Yep, yep, yep. Whoa. So we start talking, we start vibing. He's connected to all these musicians who are really big to me. Mm -hmm. So he knew, he knew that I felt excited about all those people and he takes people under his wing and looks out for them. Mm -hmm. So the next year I have a book come out about Eminem. I'm one writer in this very dense academic text about Eminem. Okay. And I was, my job was to analyze Eminem's interior rhyme scheme and nice. how, he does, how he does within lines. And the foreword to that book is written by Talib Kweli. Oh, so extra bars. Uh, yeah. So Jarrett comes in and he says, oh, you should meet Kweli this day. 
come sit in on this meeting, you know, just looking out for his, for, for me really. Mm. And I sit in and I show Quali the book. I'm like, Hey, I just wanted to make sure you saw this. You know, I know he was paid whatever for it and probably didn't think out about it much. Mm. So I was like, this is the final product. He's like, Oh, cool. Cool. And I was like, I'm in here too. So we're connected through that. I interviewed him a few times over the years. And then what happened was Jarrett was, you know, Uproxx got bought out by Warner Music Group. And mm. Jarrett was like, well, let's lean deeper into music. He went back to his original ties. And Quali was one of his most successful artists. They've of been course. friends for years. Of course. So he said, let's do something. And we do this interview show. And, you know, the, the first guest was Bun B. Second guest was T.I., right? I remember. So, so it was easy to get names based on the history both of those two have in the record right. industry. Uh, and we were able to really, like, you know, make moves quickly. So, and then, you know, the shutdown happened. We were on for, for a little more than a year, the shutdown, or, or a little less than a year, shutdown happened. Then we did, uh, you know, we did the RZA after you and I got you, back. You adapted Chicago. so quick to the, I think that's a big part of your success was how you adapted to the lockdown when Corona yeah. hit. Cause not only were you doing dope interviews, but the fact that you didn't let it shake your team up was impressive. Yeah, I mean, that was a time where everyone's figuring out how to be responsive, and that was the way that we figured out. We started doing some lives. We mm -hmm. were the first people who RZA did something with that after was his so big cool. versus battle. Um, and then we've had we had DMX recently, which was that was man, that, come on, bro. Why y'all gonna make me cry, bro? You just gonna make me cry like that, bro? Bananas. Why? Bananas. And so you know what Quali does so well is first of all, there's there's something really special about rappers talking to rappers right he's got right. a personal with a lot of these people and you know they really kind of honor that and and want to talk to him and are excited to talk to him in a different way i'll tell you a funny story we had the game come in and the game was so funny sometimes people want to remind us because uprox is ultimately a media company they want to remind us who they're there for or what they're there for so i i come in and I, I'm there to meet the guests, and I was like, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. I'm a fan. Game has a, a friendship with a couple of our writers, so they were there to right. dap him up. And I say to him, I was like, I'm a fan. He's like, well, I didn't do – oh, thanks so much. I say, thanks so much for doing this for you. He goes right away, I didn't do this for you. I did this for quality. I was like, yeah, I was just kind of speaking metaphorically, but he was funny. So then I go, uh, <laughs> by the way, it's an on-camera show, and I was like, you know, Again, it's just part of my job. I was like, right. do you uh, do you want to sit in the makeup chair at all? Do you want any, you know, just powder right. or something? And he looks at me. This is the kind of the end of my chance at a friendship with the game. He goes, motherfucker, I'm a gangster. I don't want <laughs> to sit in your makeup chair. And I was like, damn, all right. Understood. Understood. I had to ask for work, you know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's required in my in my job description. But uh, yeah, anyway, game doesn't have my number in his speed dial, probably. But uh, it was a lot of fun. That is hilarious. But but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I could see that happening. You know what I'm saying? But no, it's a great show. And um you know, it's 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 addictive content the way you guys like, you know, the line of questioning the guests, you know, the flow. And I think part of it too, like to your point about rappers, interviewing rappers is that it's kind of like swordsmen speaking to swordsmen. You know what right. I mean? Like they know the terrain, they know what it's like to, to 
to, to travel to cities where it might be a problem, what it's like in the studio, what it's like, you know what I mean? Shooting right. videos, what it, you know what I mean? What the industry politics play out like. And so that gives, I think, the viewer um, a deeper insight than they would if it was just one, one-sided, man. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. Powerful and it's, it's not that big of an ecosystem, right? We'll have a rapper in who I'll think is really not, their careers really aren't adjacent to Quali's. Right. And he and I work on the scripts together and, and then he'll, he'll change my, whatever I had slated for the first question. And it'll be like, oh, we did this thing and we have this track together and you, you know, right. played this show with me and you brought me on this tour. I brought you on this tour. So he has a personal with so many of the people who we talk to. It's just astounding, you know, and yeah. then there's just this high level of mutual respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. No, that is beautiful. Now, um, I know you have some books coming out. You've written some dope books over the years, some kids books. You've, you've, you've done a lot of stuff. Um, I but I also that. know, because you mentioned a little earlier that you have ADHD. Like, how do you manage that? Because I have a friend with ADHD and I've been, right. it's often been said to me that I have ADHD. I'm not sure. really sure, but I'm curious, like for those that don't know, what is it? And for those that do know, how do you manage? To yeah. be so productive, bro, it's crazy. Right. I, I think, um, you know, it's interesting because I talked to a psychiatrist recently while mm -hmm. I was writing this book. I talked to a psychiatrist and I actually got um, a Ritalin or, or mm. you know, one of the ADHD meds. I just wanted to have it kind of in case I needed it, in case mm -hmm. I wanted it. Um, and I talked to him about it and he asked me to tell his my story about it. Mm. And I said, well, these are the coping mechanisms I use. And I felt like I was so distinct, right? Like one of them that's really big is um, I, I work with these big over the ear headphones on. Right. And there's no music playing. Interesting. I, I, you know, just to keep it extra silent. Yeah. I used to, but pre pandemic, I worked out of this incredible library. These rich people made them, built themselves a private library in Newport Beach that they have to open up to the public, but it's outside of the library system. And I would work in there in the silent lounge. Wow. And I was a menace. I was a menace. I remember one time there was this woman in the silent lounge. I feel terrible. I'm, I'm generally nice, Mr. Nice Guy. There was this woman in the silent lounge and she was texting, like she was in the seat across from me in the cubicle right next to me. And she was texting uh, and she had her keystroke sound on. She's like, it was like, click, click, click. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're good at that. Yeah, She's like, you, click, 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 zick, click, 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 right, click, right. zick. And by the second key, the second zick, I you was were, like, you were uh, done. Excuse me. <laughs> is there is there any chance you could um, mute that uh, there? You, yeah, that you might uh, just down to the. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I figured out my little methods and my mechanisms, and then I talked about that. I actually talked about that. I was doing a, a my second book tour. Mm. I was talking about that. And the reason I was talking about it was because I actually um, use it as a preface to my tour, how I don't like to get interrupted. When you're doing these book tours at schools, you're doing maybe 300 people. If the city is a slow city, right? you know, and I, cause I'm famous by no means, but if the city is a slow city, then you could do like, I did 1500 people in Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, Topeka in Topeka on that particular day, 
for fifth graders, I was kind of big. You were out of the G of all G's right there. Yeah. So I have this little joke I do about how my brain processes information. And it really opens kids up to the fact that, um, you know, that every brain works differently, which is good for them to know and good for them to recognize. So I said this little thing. I made this little joke. It cracked the kids up. And on this day that I was doing this particular assembly, the REI, uh, you know, the outdoor store, their podcast was there doing a little profile on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we get to do the interview after the presentation. And the woman who ran the podcast makes every single question about ADHD. Interesting. And I had never talked about it publicly before. I had never, you know, uh, one of the amazing things about this time in history is that people are coming to understand identity better right you see people that's what my next uh, book is about <laughs> that's crazy oh, that's beautiful you see people adding their their pronouns that they prefer to their to their twitter bio mm-hmm. right you see people talking about not just like their racial identity but the pieces of it the complex pieces of it you know someone saying well i have indigenous heritage i also have you know african-american mm-hmm. heritage mm-hmm. and african heritage you know i have these mm-hmm. different pieces you know, for me, I think there's there's a lot of um, I'm going to actually stop using the word for myself white, not that I'm not white by all American standards, but just and not that I don't have that privilege. I certainly do. But simply that that, you know, it's more commonly used as a pejorative and I don't want to associate with it all that often. Right. Um, but, you know, one of the one of the a lot of white men have been very challenged by this identity movement. Right. And yeah, and that's actually hella deep. Yeah, that's a complex introspective right there, huh? So what'd you come up me, with? European well, American? Saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. White men have trouble with anyone having an identity uh and asserting that because the white identity is most closely tied to rape and pillage and destruction. And just right? like, yeah, cultural dominance and in sure. priority, right? Sure. So, so, and that's why I like to step away and talk about my Italian heritage, my Scottish right. heritage, whatever. <laughs> Which I've always preferred since as a child, not to cut you off, but I remember being in the Black Student Union in high school, right? And then we, you know, there would, you know, you would hear people be like, well, how come we can't have a white student union? And I was like, but there's a German club, right? To me, that was the point that the German club is important because now we're talking about history, culture, you know what I'm saying? Mathematics, design, you know, all this other stuff, right? Music, et cetera. Whereas if we're just talking about white, white has a very, you know what time it is kind of vibe. Whereas Mm -hmm. like black, is a is a is a group of people who come from all over that you know northwestern part of the continent that don't know exactly where their roots are and so they use black as a default where you're using white as a as a step up and a cultural you know collar pop sure. you feel me yeah and, and it's it, you know it's associated with white supremacy and right. you know all different forms of white racism so certainly you know i, I think it's wise uh, to, to want to back away from that and not be associated with that. And right. but what I'm saying is rather than being threatened by it or challenged by it, for me personally, it's given me a chance to look at the fragments of my own identity. Mm. Right. And, and so it lo- I look at my Italian heritage. I look at my Scottish heritage. I also, it, because of this interview started to look at my mental health and, and where I am in that space, you know, how I identify in the, se- in the uh, cognitive sense. Word. And I have every right 
to, you know, even though I, at this point I hadn't been medicated for 20 years, I have every right to talk about ADHD. I've lived right. with it my whole life. So I speak in this interview about it and I share the interview with my editor and she listens to it and she says some kind words about it. And then I turn in the, the proposal for my next book. And she said, listen, th there was an impact of this. I would really like to have your next book have a character with ADHD. Oh, wow. And it was like this light bulb went on. And the book takes place in nature, which is not only where I've always felt the most clarity, but it's also where, uh, you, you know, they're, they're proving that people with ADHD have sort of a tunneling effect in nature, that it's a little easier to, because there's not so much stimulus, right? Right, because it's, right. There's, it's a little easier to kind of filter out some of the sounds and movements and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it all kind of fit together and notched together really well in this book that is an environmental book at its heart, but also deals with a character with ADHD. Dude, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And, you know, I think that... Um one of the byproducts of the lockdown i mean you, you've touched on this but like it's deep to observe people finding themselves yeah. wherever they are however they are and yeah. finding their peace within that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like that's that's i think one of the things that i came out with is like you know uh you know i'm fresh fresh off a divorce you know what I mean? And like one of the things that's weird about divorce is like, you know, when people split, especially at my age, because I'm fucking 50, uh, when you're when you've been in a marriage for, you know, a relationship for like a quarter of a century. Right. You come out and then you're just like in the world. And it's like people do one of two things. Mm. Like you have the guy who comes out and he's like, all right, time to get uh, the new car and pull up playing like house music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Some chick. It's like, it's right, baby. Uh, Divorce. Uh, right. And you just pull off. Right. And then you have the guy who's like, interesting. Yeah. I think I'm going to go read a book and go for a jog or maybe not jog a walk right, right. And, 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 and they go and they go inside right sure and so you know what i came out of the divorce with was you know anybody who knows me what do i like i like chess i like hip-hop i like like you know martial arts jujitsu i like kung fu mm. right i like philosophy stuff right and i realized that i was more of that person i wasn't a different person Right. I wasn't like, right. oh, I actually like rock climbing and that's my future. Or I right, actually, right. you know, going to do hang gliding or deep sea diving. I was actually more of the person that I was post marriage. Right. Yeah. And 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 I, I find that if you're lucky enough to be that person that goes inward, you're much happier, much quicker. You know right. what I mean? Then, I then if you have that kind of like downshifting weirdness where you're you're in the club, like tripping out all the time, you know. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's a trip, but 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 I think that the pandemic accelerated that experience. Yeah, that had the pandemic not happened, it might have ha not have happened at all, or it would have happened way slower. Well, you were kept away from being your own worst enemy, right? There was no club to go to. <laughs> exactly. You had exactly. the nicest club quarantine, and that was it. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but I think the introspection is 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 crucial. Are there any? Oh, oh, one of the first things that we vibed about when we first met 
when we were yeah. just shoveling vegan sushi into our face <laughs> at Camp Tazo. Like, yeah, you know, it's awesome to me. Oh, yeah, I'm joking. Um, more apple juice. Um, was the love for Alan Watts over yes. beats? Yes. Like, that, chill that was step? the first thing. Is that the proper? Is that the proper? It's chill step, right? Is or is it chill, chill step, step the music? I or is it only chill step when called. there's a speech over the dubstep? I didn't understand. I, truthfully, I don't know. There's, you know, I think I sent you a playlist. Yes. I'll tell you the funny thing about this music. So uh, I have always been looking for this music that I, I like to party, right? Um, and I've always been looking for this music of like it's six a.m., five a.m. You're in the Bay of Thailand, right? You partied hard with all your friends. And now you all wander out to the the seashore. Oh no! Sorry. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Sorry. Sorry. We wander out to the seashore. Uh, you're in the middle of Thailand, and you all wander out to the shore, and you stand in in about waist deep water, and you're kind of like holding hands, and there's this feeling. This is the way I always describe the feeling that that I chase is like you are in all the world, and all the world is in you which is a very Alan Watts thing to say, right? So I heard this song one time. I'm always looking, I have a playlist that I'm always looking for music that encaptures or, or kind of does a piece of that. And right. I heard this song one time on Spotify and I was like, okay, this is one of those songs. Right. And then I looked up some related songs and I found this whole genre of music that is essentially old Alan Watts speeches. Right. These, you know, Alan Watts, for those who don't know, was, you know, and, and be careful, I'm aware that he is an appropriator, right? Right. He brought, right. He, he got famous for bringing Zen thought and digesting it and regurgitating it. Yeah. A lot of Eastern philosophy. European, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. British audience. But he's great, right? though. I still love but him. But he's, he's kind of weird. I mean, you got to love him. You got to, hey, he didn't even, Alan Watts is think, so dope. Yeah. Yeah, and he was loved by many Zen Zen masters yeah. and leaders. He wasn't. Yeah. This wasn't a guy who was like pirating. That's true. Um, he wasn't. He he was naming names and pointing out books and 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 teachers. Yeah. 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 No. He in sure. fact he probably would be. You know, you always say like, oh, it was a different time. Whatever. He he might not be impeccable now. There would probably be someone who got a few thousand retweets by calling him an, an appropriator yeah, yeah, or, sure. or a cultural pillager. Yeah. But he probably would be okay. Right, right. right his career would still be blooming because he because he did give the shout outs. He did give the love anyway. So I started to find all this music that was these very low electronic and it was within the genre of chill step. I don't know. I, you know, some electronic music fan is going to correct me here. Yeah, I know. We're going to get roasted on some level for sure. Someone's going to say something, but it was within the genre. But we don't know. Of, yeah, we don't know. We're saying we don't know but it had all these Alan Watts speeches over these beats and I just loved it. And I have a passion for it and I know I have a unique passion for it because here's what happened. And it even happened with you. Mm. No offense to you, but mm. it happened with no you. No problem. Here's what happened. I always tell people about these playlists. I'm like, yo, so I have this playlist, Alan Watts over these very delicate techno beats. And every time people's eyes light up, and they go like, whoa, you have to share that with me. That sounds incredible. I'm like, yeah, it'll change your life. You'll feel this beautiful feelings of warmth. This is like, you know, some. Right, some right, right. Next level. Auditory MDMA, right? And people always look at me and go, send me that right now. I've sent it to about 15 people. I swear to God, no one has ever hit me back and been like, 
Oh, that's amazing. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> I think it might be, I might be the only Bro, but I do though. Oh, you soon, do? Because okay. what, what it was is when you, when you sent me the playlist, I listened and I was like, oh, I already know this dude. Cause my boy who I do jujitsu with on YouTube, he goes under the name Steel Jellyfish. Okay. Had posted this thing about jujitsu and it's like samurai clips with Alan Watts over like a slight hip hop kind of break. Oh, and wow. I was like, that's what it was. I didn't know who that guy was. And so you told me who he was. You see what I'm saying? When you Got said it. Alan Watts, I'm like, yeah, send it. And I was like, that's Alan Watts. So okay. then I just went into the wormhole of YouTube <laughs> and just like evaporated, my whole soul evaporated into it. And I play it like to this day, I might play Alan Watts like every other day at least. Uh, well, then it's you know? just you and me. Because no one else has been like, yo, Steve, I got to tell you, <laughs> you, you really changed my life Bro, with your Alan Watts playlist. You anyway. laced me. You laced <laughs> me. And so before, before I go then, I'm going to tell you right now what blew my mind today. Okay? Give it. There's a, there's, a, there's a Zen priest named Dojin. Mm. Dojin. On Audible. Okay? Whoa mandatory downloadery you understand okay. me you go yeah. get that okay and like when i heard it today he was dropping so many bombs i was like i'm about to make a beat wow I'm about to make a beat and set it off and if anybody does that you bit me but i won't be mad but remember that i said it remember that i said it and i'm gonna hold you accountable for biting my idea don't trip um, so I'm just telling you that because I, I believe you would you would deeply uh, appreciate uh, it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, on the way out, uh, books for kids. You write many great ones. What's what's the latest? Uh, the latest is called The Danger Gang and the Isle of Feral Beasts. It's the sequel to The Danger Gang and the Pirates of Borneo. I'm a lot of people it. don't know this about me. It's super nerdy. I am a legitimate pirate expert. Uh, Damn. I'm, I'm in that pirate space. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I mean, to, this is a serious name drop and I know, I know that I'm doing it. I know that name <laughs> dropping is corny, but uh, so, so when I was like 18, we, uh, we, University of San Diego, where I went to school was one of the, the whitest top ranked colleges in America. Okay. And I was the senior class president in my senior year okay. and and the black student union and the chicano student union came to me and were like this school is, is not a place for people of color right this is this this is fucked up our experience <laughs> so we started this thing only in 1999 i guess i graduated in 2000 only in 2000 could you have a uh diversity committee that had a white male on it right 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 <laughs> but, right but we started this thing um and there was you know it, it had someone from the black student union and the chicano student union and and my position in the student government right. and, a, and a bunch of other people and we had protests we had sit-ins wow. we uh we actually changed the school forever the school it's on their website we changed wow. the school forever because of our work in one year, the school not only created a diversity requirement where every student had to take a diversity-focused course their freshman year, oh, but it also created an ethnic studies major, which they'd never had before. 
Look at you, bro. So, so you just been making history. That, you just like, man, I make history, bro. That's this one. No, <laughs> no history. I mean, this was a group effort, but I have been doing the work, right? Like, I've yeah, been yeah. Doing the work. So, so at the end of that year, uh, the the school wanted to thank us, mm-hmm. and they they gave us this massive budget to play with to thank us, which was mm-hmm. cool. Of mm-hmm. you know, there's a a place apparently where all my loan money went, and part of it was to this. So wow. we brought in Cornell West for a speech. Okay. And because of our work with him, he uh, there was a, a dinner that they also paid for. They're going to have like a privately catered small meal with Dr. West. Right. And they let all of us be the guests. Not even the faculty got spots at the table. It was the dean of the school. Oh, that's beautiful. And and our crew of like 10. Yeah. Shoot. Sorry, I didn't put my it's thing all good. on. Uh, it's all good. Airplane. Your crew of 10. It was the dean of the school and our our crew of 10. And I've never, I've never witnessed a better conversation in my life. This guy, he was pulling from Puffy and he was pulling from, you know, Big Jack Johnson. Sorry. The Jack Johnson, the boxer. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Big Jack Johnson. Yeah, the boxer. Sorry. Yes. So he was pulling from that. He was pulling from Strange Fruit lyrics. He was pulling from Biggie lyrics. He was all crazy, over the place. right? How he does that, bro. It was on that Magic Johnson dishing out a sit. Yeah, like he, he can come around and be like, <laughs> it was and hang from the rim a little bit. You know what I mean? It, it was it was incredible to witness. And his just his wide range of references was something to marvel at. So we have that dinner, right? 15 years later, uh, this it does tie back to pirates, I promise. I know I said I have ADHD. It's all right. But, Just but go. I, I'm, I bring be chilling. Home. You're in a safe space. I, I bring it home. So 15 years later, I see him. I win this this writing competition, and I see him out in New York City mm. while I'm. This is another dorky thing about me. While I'm at a magic show. Okay. He was. He was. The magic show was held in the Waldorf. He was in the lobby of the Waldorf. I because I've always been that presumptive, inner energetic guy. I sat. I shook his hand. I said. I didn't expect him to remember me, but I said, you did, you, you sat with me. It was the most amazing dinner conversation. We end up talking, his flight is delayed or his taxi is late. We end up talking for two hours. And what he wanted to talk about, because I had won this writing award connecting, connected to my writing on pirates. He wanted to talk about the history of black pirates, which is incredibly rich. These, I'm going to tell you right now, there is going to be a blockbuster movie smashes that is about black pirates and changes the whole game because black pirates really were, I mean, pirates in general really were more egalitarian than people realize. There were ways that they weren't right. There were ways they weren't for sure, but on a pirate ship, you know, first of all, money was split equally, right? There were pirate captains who were black. There were quartermasters, which is the person who really runs the ship. The ship deals right. There were quartermasters who were black. There were these fantastic stories of the Black Pirate era, right? It was just it really cool. And this is all happening. You can't see all my heart pirates. jumping out of my shirt, but it right. really is. It's crazy. If, if you ever want to write a script together, this was oh, all happening. Stop playing games. <laughs> this was all happening, I'll tell you, at the exact same time that the transatlantic slave trade is moving. So there were a lot of pirate ship captures where they would capture slave trip ships and they would let all the slaves go. And the slaves would then become pirates. I'll tell you something even crazier. This is the craziest thing you'll ever hear. And this is a real fact. 
in the heat of the, the transatlantic slave trade, what people don't realize often is that the United States was not the centerpiece. The modern day United States was not the centerpiece of that triangular trade. Spain was, right? Was it Spain? Well, so Spain may have been a departure. They, point, they, yeah, right? they, they, the, they, they funded it. They funded it, right. Sure. But the, the centerpiece of where people were landing was the Caribbean. Right. right? The Caribbean is the hotbed of where slaves are moving during the transatlantic slave trade, pre-American slave trade, during the transatlantic slave trade. And in that time, during those years, the island of New Providence in the Bahamas mm. was completely overrun by pirates. But I'm moving there. I'm moving there on that alone. Wait for this. This is crazy. To such a dramatic degree that the pirates took over the island completely, kicked out all colonial forces, and then guess what they did? During the heat of the Atlantic slave trade, they banned slavery. Oh there was gosh. actually an island where slavery was outlawed right in the hub of this whole activity during the trade. And finally, the colonial governors freaked out and were like, this could upset our whole world the whole thing. order. The only thing that they were able to do, the only thing that they could do to try to regain order was to send in a pirate. So they made William Morgan, Captain Morgan, the governor. Wow. I can't hang. Bro, listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to just tell you this right now. This is going to be funny. <laughs> I have a script written oh. by one of the most brilliant dudes I've ever known. Okay? It deals with pirates. Oh. This guy wrote this script for some Disney thing that was a competition, yeah. and he got like second. Wow. He didn't get the movie made. Okay. He sent it to me. And it's blown my mind. I'm going to send it to you. Send it to within, me. Within like a few hours. You understand yep. what I'm talking about? And uh, his name is Vince. I'm going to send this to you. I'll be your historical it's, consultant. It, it, yeah. And, and you're going to love it. And then we'll see what happens. And hopefully we'll all be laughing with Dr. Cornell West in the front row. Yes. Uh, when, when, when the best movie Oscar is handed out digitally. That's right. And you know, you want to bring it all together? You want to really manifest something? Go. You, you know, the last famous person who I told about my passion for piracy and the history of black pirates and the radical politics of pirates? Who? Film director, the RZA. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's about to be crazy. It's about <laughs> to be crazy, man. And on that note, wait, how can people holler at you? Because people are going to want to holler at you. Or, uh, or are, you, are you keeping at, your stuff tucked in the, you know what I'm saying? No, not at all. I'm untucked. At Steve, here, Bramucci, at Steve Bramucci on Instagram would be great. Yep. At Steve Bram on Twitter. Steven, yep. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-B-R-A-M-U-C-C-I dot com online. Yeah. Uh, holler at me, share with me, talk with me. Yes. Let's talk. Let's keep chopping it up. Adisa, I have to tell you, I have done a fair number of interviews this year. This, this is my favorite. It's so good to talk with a friend. Yo, I'm a big fan of yours. Yo, I'm a, it's I'm a mutual, really big dog. fan of yours. So thank you. Nah, man, it's I uh, it's it's so sick and like you know, um, if nothing comes of any of what we just talked about in the last five minutes, it's still dope. It don't matter. This interview was dope, and 2021 is going to be so lit on hella levels. But I'm hoping that 
after this spike, the wave comes down, we can get to anywhere near something that we used to have. And bro, we're going to build properly. You know what I'm talking about? I can't wait. I can't wait. Tell your fans, put out a little note when you send it. Like, sorry, Steve's neck is crooked the whole interview. He's got this terrible pain. (laughs) But besides that, I have had the time of my life. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. God bless you and your family and have a fantastic uh, end of the year and a a beautiful 2021. You know what I'm talking about? One love. All right. Teacher, what style is that? You are now listening to the Bishop Proverbs.